0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I appreciate the fact that I am up to episode 276. Of this show. And as I'm closing in on 300 episodes, it is not lost on me how fortunate I am to be able to produce a show twice a week that people actually tune in and listen to, and that people actually send me notes telling me what it is they like most about the show. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know that most of the time we have an interview format show, although every now and then I do an episode where I just share what is on my mind. And that is what we're going to do today on this episode, where we're going to talk. Talk about seven tips to have your best year ever as an entrepreneur. Now the reason this is on my mind is we have crossed the halfway point of 2017. We're into July and as I look at my numbers for this year, I have almost sold as much in my little solopreneur business in 2017 as I did all last year in 2016. Now, if I keep up the same momentum, that would mean I would have about 100% increase in business year to year. Now, I don't know that I'm gonna keep that level up, but if I just have in the next two quarters, quarter number three and quarter number four, if I just have years that are about traditional what I've done, I will have a 50% increase in my business this year. And I've been sharing this with some of my friends. I just got back from the National Speakers Association Annual Conference where I got to gather with about uh, 1,000 or about 1200, I think, speakers from around the world. And one of the great things is, is I've developed a tribe of people who I can share with. And we talk about what's working in our businesses and what's not working in our businesses. And while I was sitting around with some friends, somebody shared that I was having a record year. And since that was shared, I have now received calls from four or five people who wanna know, Tom, what is it that you did This year. So I have tried to be very methodical about recording some of the steps that I've taken because this hasn't happened by accident. As many of you know, I released a new keynote speech this year. So I offered up a whole new product offering that I haven't had before, and that is the paradox of potential. And that has had some of the reason for the success. I have booked several keynotes where I'm gonna be returning to associations and companies who've used me in the past, but I'm going in with a new product line. So yes, that does help. But really what has helped even more is the amount of research and work that has gone into studying personal potential and what people can achieve and how so many people really don't believe they're reaching their potential when it comes to their career. 70% of the people just about who I have interviewed and that I have talked with say that they could be, they know in their soul, they know in their heart, they should be doing more, achieving more, but they're not. And as I looked into this and I asked questions and as I've sort of like steered through all of this information and data that I'm gathering, what's happened is it's had a direct effect on my own success because i've been paying attention to the little things not just around creating a keynote about potential but i've paid attention to the little things that really have to do with my own business potential and so i've come up with sort of seven things that i think really this year have had an impact on me having the best year that i've ever had and I've decided I wanted to create an episode of the show because so many people who listen either are solopreneurs or small business owners or they want to be. They're trying to get a side hustle going. They're trying to start something. Many of the people who join the Potential Project, which is the group coaching program that I host, many of the people who are part of it are really just trying to figure out how to make little tweaks that are gonna let them bounce just up a little bit in their career. And it gets me excited. We had a call recently where just two other people were on the call on the potential project, and yet both of them are really doing some interesting things, and they've made these little tweaks in their career. One of them is starting a new job, and he's very focused on what he can do to make sure that he does that job as well as he can. And at the same time, he has his own business. He has something going on the side that he's really passionate about, and he's hoping to grow it. And so he's living with his feet in two worlds, and he's having success in both of those worlds. And it's kind of exciting. Another person on the call, she's not an entrepreneur. She works in an academic institution. And yet, she's happier than she's ever been, having made a change over the course of about the last 18 months but she doesn't want to get complacent. She wants to make sure that she continues to have the best year ever and so I'm inspired when I have these calls because I get to see people who are doing who are really doing things on a day-to-day basis and they're looking for how can they tap into their potential and it gets me excited so that's one of the reasons that I'm a big fan of my group coaching program but really just having an accountability partner of some sort so I talk a lot about my mastermind group I'm in a group with three other speakers and we get together once or twice a year and we rent a house and we dive in and we talk about everything that we're doing. But in the interim, we once a month or so have a phone call where we share what's going on. And again, I mentioned just the greater community of speakers who I can call and tap into and share ideas or ask advice. If you're trying to grow a business or just tweak your career to make it better and you're doing it all alone and you don't have anyone who you can turn to for support, I don't think you can do it. I mean even if you have the best spouse in the world, sometimes they're too close to it, they're right there. And sometimes you need an outside perspective. And so I think you have to get around people. So anyway, what I wanna do right now is just go into the seven tips that I have for how you can make this the best year ever. And I'm doing this for entrepreneurs, small business people, solopreneurs, but if you're listening to this and you don't have your own business, you're working for somebody else, that's okay because the principles are really exactly the same. If you wanna have a great year, you've gotta know what you want. The first tip is know what success looks like. So many people who I talk to are just going through the motions. They went to college, they got their degree, they got a job, they go to work every day, and then they're frustrated because they're not actually achieving anything that is inspiring to them. They're not reaching their potential. But part of that problem is they don't know what success looks like. They have never even thought about what is my potential. And this is something that I find when I'm doing work with people around this paradox of potential. If you don't know what success looks like, you'll miss it if it comes and sits down next to you. So take a minute and ask yourself, what am I really trying to accomplish? What do I want? If you can't answer that in just a couple of seconds, and and there may be different areas of your life where you want different things, but if you can't answer that quickly, then I I think you need to stop listening to the podcast and take a little bit of time and actually make a list. And I would put the list into three different buckets. Be very clear of what you want. Put one in a career bucket or a, a job bucket or a business bucket, if you will. And list down, what do I want for this career? What do I want to do? The next one, the next area is your personal life. What do I want to do with my spouse, my husband, my wife, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my best friend? You know, what is it that you want in your personal life? Do you want to take more vacations? Do you want to, uh, I don't know, you know, whatever it is you want to do in your personal life. Do you want to get in better shape? What is it that you want to accomplish? Know what success looks like. And then the third area is sort of what I call your soul bucket. When I first became a speaker, the first speech I ever gave professionally where someone actually paid me money, and this is more than 15 years ago, was called Your Goals and Your Soul. And the whole speech was about being able to break things into these three buckets a business bucket, a personal bucket, and your soul bucket. Know what inspires you. And I'll tell you something, it's interesting because it was a good speech. I could go and give it today and be very happy with it, but I lost track of that third bucket in my own life. I didn't know what inspired me. I didn't know where I had to go to get inspiration. I didn't really know who I was anymore. So don't, I mean, you're listening to a business podcast called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Don't get so focused that everything cool and important in your life is just about business. You gotta have the personal bucket and you gotta have that inside self or soul goal if you wanna get there. So spell it out, know what it is that you want because if you know what you're trying to accomplish, it makes it so much easier to answer the tough questions because all you have to do when you come to a fork in the road is ask yourself, does this take me closer to my goals or farther from my goals, and the answer will stare you in the face. So knowing what success looks like is really important, and that's one of the things I did this year. I got really clear as I came up with this new presentation, this paradox of potential, and what I was doing with my existing speeches. I got very clear on where I wanted to speak, who I wanted to speak for, and how I wanted this year to spell itself out. I knew what the dollar volumes were I wanted to accomplish, but I also knew sort of how many days I wanted to be away, I knew what kind of events I wanted to speak with, I was very clear, and once I was clear, the business sort of found a way of putting itself in, in front of me, it just did. So that's the first thing, number one is know what you want. Number two, stop making excuses. I'll tell you what, I did this for years. I wanted to run my own business. I wanted to become a professional speaker. I wanted to write a book, but I always had an excuse. I wasn't a good enough writer. I don't know if anybody has heard this story before. I know I've told it on the podcast at some point, but with nearly 300 episodes, I doubt that you've listened to all of them. When I was in middle school, I wanted to be a writer. Now, I wanted to write fiction but I really had a huge imagination and I wanted to be a writer. And I would write these stories and I would you know, come up with things and I would take existing stories, now I think they call it fan fiction, but I would take existing stories of things that were already out there and I'd write new versions of what was going on with TV shows or with comic books or, or other things that were in society. I would sit in the mall and I would watch people walk by and I would make up a story about him or her as she came by. What was their backstory? What was, what was it that the lady in red was all about and I turned in some things to an English class I was in advanced placement English they actually called it MGM which stood for mentally gifted minors now they don't call it that anymore because they don't want to single anybody out as being gifted I guess but I was in this advanced placement type thing and my teacher came to me and said I said I wanted to be a writer and she said you need to come up with some new uh new goals because you're not good enough to be a writer. Now this was an English teacher at a middle school or what they called junior high back then, at a junior high in a nice neighborhood in the suburbs of Los Angeles telling a student that he couldn't pursue his dreams. And you know what the worst part is? Is I absolutely believed her. And when it came to writing for the rest of my life, through high school, through college and beyond, I didn't write anymore. I didn't think that I had what it took. And every time I would get that little pang inside of me that maybe I wanted to write, I wanted to be creative. I remembered I wasn't a good enough writer. I didn't spell correctly. I didn't have good grammar. And she even told me I didn't belong in the advanced English class because my grammar was so bad. And who did I think I was thinking I could be a writer? Well, you know what? She was an idiot, and I wish I could find her and tell her that was the worst advice ever. Now, I would never go up to who would now be an old woman and tell her what a crappy teacher you were. However, think about that. Telling a kid who says, I wanna be a writer, that you're not good enough with spelling and grammar, you'd better come up with new career ideas, all that did was undermine everything I wanted to do. And what she didn't realize was number one, There was gonna be technology changes. There's a thing called spell check now. I don't have to be a good speller to be a writer because the computer helps me. So she was actually very short-sighted. She wasn't really a visionary or she would have known that my spelling and grammar, the computers would come along and help me out. The second thing she never told me was, if you wanna be a writer, you're gonna need a good editor. When I wrote my first book, my friend Leslie Morris was my editor for the book, and she cleaned up all the things that I did that weren't great because Leslie was a great writer. I wrote the book. She fixed my grammar. She fixed my spelling. She made it all seem better. Now, I've never written creatively. I've never written non-I've never written fiction. My books are all nonfiction, they're all business-oriented books. But still, I got to be a writer. I've got 12 books that you can go buy, and I stopped making excuses, and that's what I did this year. In the best year ever, I stopped undermining why I couldn't go after certain types of business, why maybe I wasn't prepared for certain things, and I just started doing them. Have I been perfect? Not a chance, but I've stopped making excuses, and I've started doing more. So that's number three, because number three is take action. You gotta stop making your excuses, but then you gotta sit down and do things. You can talk and talk and talk and dream and dream and dream and listen to podcasts and go to conferences and get all the ideas in the world. But if you don't start taking action, you're never gonna see the results. So that's one of the things is you have to spell out once you know what success looks like. And you're not going to make any excuses. What I think you need to do is reverse engineer what the steps are that you have to take to get some stuff done. That's one of the things people ask me about this podcast all the time. When I decided to start the podcast, I made an entire list of what needed to be done. I needed to buy some equipment. I needed to come up with a format. I needed to get somebody sort of like an editor. I needed to get a producer who would actually make sure I got the thing done. And I created a whole list. And then I just started checking things off. I am a list maker and a check maker. I love to big big checks on my to-do list or draw a line through things. I love to do that. So for me, in order to take action, I've gotta put pen to paper and actually create a list. Now sometimes people go, pen to paper? My God, how old are you? Use your iPhone, make a list, use your computer. I still like to have a physical piece of paper that I can draw a line through. Check, I'm done. And I have taken more action this year than I have ever taken in my career. Step number four is you gotta record your results. Not all your results are gonna be good. When you take action and you check off the box, sometimes what you did isn't gonna work. It's not gonna produce the results that you want. However, When you do get results, you've gotta record them because A, it makes you feel better, and results beget more results. So you've gotta be writing down where is your successes, you've gotta be recording this stuff, but you also have to be recording what's not working because continuously going out and doing the same thing over and over if you're not getting the results that you want isn't gonna change the success that you wanna have. So you've gotta be tracking everything. Write down, what did I do? What was the result that I got? I have an actual piece of paper, because I'm a piece of paper guy, and I have a little thermometer. And every quarter, month by month, I record my sales. Now my business, I go because I'm an old sales guy. I base it on how much do I sell. Now I might be selling something for 2018 so I won't actually realize the money. And for the government and for my taxes, I have to record the money when the money comes in. But for my actual business success, I record it month by month, quarter by quarter, on how much am I selling. Because eventually if I sell, I'm gonna have the money coming in. The backbone of any successful entrepreneurial venture or any company is sales. Sales is the most important thing you can do. If you wanna have a successful business, you have to sell because without clients who are willing to pay you and signing contracts and sending you money, you're not gonna be in business. And so I record, all the results and I have this little thermometer and I have it going back eight years now and I can look quarter by quarter, when are my most successful months, when are my least successful months and quarter by quarter, I can look at how things are going. That's how I know because I've recorded the results. That's how I know that I'm up almost a hundred percent this year over other years. So record all of your results. And then tip number five, Get other people involved. Share with people. That's why I started this episode by talking about you know, I shared that I was having a good year with some people, which caused people to ask me questions of what did I do? You know, if you don't share with people, no one's going to ask you any questions about your success, and you're not going to go back and sort of categorize what it is that you're doing having those people who hold you accountable, but also who are inquisitive, who are asking questions like, why? The people in my main mastermind group are always asking me, why? Okay, you did this, why? What do you expect to get from that? How can you tweak it? And then, in the potential project, when we talk about the little things that we're trying to accomplish, we take it down to a week by week. One of the things I ask everybody on these calls, and we do them on Monday nights, and by the way, if you're interested, You can go to potentialmastermind.com and you will find out all the information that you need if you want to join the Potential Project. But we meet on Monday nights and one of the things I ask everybody is we talk about what are you trying to accomplish, what did you accomplish, what's your biggest challenge, but then what are you going to do between now and next week? Now, not everybody does it, but just by the fact that we talk about it, it's helped me by actually getting other people involved, knowing what I'm trying to get done really does make a huge difference. So before I go on with tip number six and tip number seven, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the headache out of creating your own podcast. And I know that some of you who listen to this are thinking, I wish I had a podcast. It would be cool to interview people and learn from them. It would be fun to share my advice of what I'm doing. I would love to have a podcast. Well. I never could have done my podcast if I hadn't partnered with Podfly Productions, and they are one of the best vendors I have ever worked with in any aspect of my career. They get the job done, they stay on top of me, they make sure that I'm getting this turned in, and when I turn in the audio file, they edit it, they make sure that I sound great, they do all the heavy lifting so that all you have to do is create great content, interview cool people, and... They make your show seem so professional. If you like cool things entrepreneurs do, I have to give a lot of the credit to my editor and the people behind Podfly Productions. So if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So tip number five in my seven tips to have your best year as an entrepreneur is you have to ask. That is such an important word, is ask. If you're not asking people for help, if you're not asking people for their business, if you're not asking other entrepreneurs what did they do to succeed? Why are they having the best year ever? If you're not asking questions, if you're not asking other people to take action that involves promoting or buying your product, you're never gonna be in business. Sometimes people get scared. Fear takes them away. Well, I don't wanna bother them. Or, you know what, they'll buy my product when they're ready. No, you have to ask people. If you're not willing to ask then it's not gonna happen and you have to ask big questions. My friend Linda Swindling wrote a book called ask outrageously. You've gotta be willing to make the big asks of people. And if you ask, not everybody is gonna say yes. Not every conference that I wanna speak at hires me. Not every association who I ask to look at my website even goes and looks at my website, much less my video. But if I don't ask people to do that, nobody ever will. People don't just wake up in the middle of the night and think of your product and service and think I must go research it. You have to ask people to put you in their field of vision, even if just for a minute, to decide if things can move forward. So make sure that you're asking a lot of questions. Make sure that you're encouraging people to buy your product. And make sure that you're asking other entrepreneurs to help you. And sometimes, you know, I talked earlier about the National Speakers Association. People tell me all the time, oh, I don't want to get involved with my trade association. I don't want to hang out with my competitors. I'd rather go, you know, and just hang out with people who can buy my product. My competitors won't help me. People in your industry are the biggest help ever if you ask them. If you ask them why, how, what, they're going to answer the questions. So make sure that you're asking, 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 and you're going to find that you're going to be getting, getting, getting more information, more knowledge, more sales. And the final tip in the seven things that you need to do to have your best year ever is once you're having success, don't undermine yourself. This is something I'm very cautious of as I go into the second half of this year. I've had really, really good numbers. I don't wanna screw up. I don't want the year to end with a plop. Therefore, I have to keep working. I have to go repeat all of those steps day after day, time after time. And I will tell you what, it's scary because I am having a good year, but then I'm already worried about 2018. You know what? I can't worry. I can't undermine, I can't question, you know, am I good enough, am I, am I worthy, I can't make excuses. I have to go back to step number one and know what it is that I want. I have to go back to step number two, I cannot make excuses. I have to embrace step number three of taking actions. I have to go to step number four and record every little thing I do moving forward. I can't just live in the past six months. I have to live today and record the successes and the failures that I'm having. I have to get other people involved. That's one of the reasons I wanted to record this episode is I wanted all of you involved. I want you to hold me accountable and say, how's the rest of the year going? But I'm gonna make an ask of you. And that is, if you know somebody who would benefit from listening to a podcast like Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, Tell them about it. The only way this podcast can grow is if more people talk about it and their friends tune in. And then I'm also going to ask you if you're involved with an association or a company who has any type of annual meeting where they have speakers from the outside come in or they need a master of ceremonies to make sure that their conference doesn't suck. Let them know I exist. Not everyone's going to hire me but my ask to you is just let them know I exist. Say, hey, if you're looking for a speaker for next year, I listen to this guy's podcast. He's somebody you should consider. Tom should be on your short list. If the people who know me and like me would just tell a few other people, hey, he should be on your short list, I would win a lot more business because when I get on a short list, when an association or a company considers me for their meeting, I close almost half. When someone really has a conversation and they're really saying, let's talk about if you're a good fit, I get most of the business. The problem is, is not enough people know who I am. So I'm going to ask you, if you've listened this far through the seven tips to have your best year ever, is there anyone who just came to your mind when I said, who could you tell about the podcast or who do you know who plans meetings? If someone came to your mind, take the action for me. That's my big ask to you because number seven is I'm not going to undermine my success for this year. And I don't want you to undermine your success. Keep working. So if this show has inspired you at all, then it's worth my time being up early in the morning recording it. I get so excited when someone calls me and says, that interview that you did or that solo show that you did really spoke to me. It got me excited about my day. It got me excited about my company, about my entrepreneurial vision. If I can inspire anyone, just one person of the one to 2,000 people who will listen to this episode, then it's worth it to me for doing the show. I started the show I thought I was gonna do 50 episodes and put it to bed. I'm closing in on 300 episodes. And I'm learning and I'm growing and the people who I've interviewed have been like having my own instructors come in and tell me how to do cool things as an entrepreneur. And I certainly hope that that's the way it's been for you. Hey, if you're focusing on how do you get more out of your potential, I'm gonna make another ask. Join the potential project because you know what? Go to PotentialMastermind.com. Check it out. It's only $595 for six months. We meet every single Monday, and you get a couple of individual calls with me. I'll tell you what. I'm not the greatest thing in the whole world, but I do know that some of the people who participate in the Potential Project really have said, just having this group has helped me do more. That's why I started the group. The idea actually came from one of the listeners of the show, and I thought, you know, if someone tells you something, the universe is talking, just move forward. So I don't make a lot of money if you think about that, right? I have a group of people, but nobody's paying me a whole bunch of money. But I'm part of the group. I'm learning. Y'all who participate are helping hold me accountable. So that's why I'm a real big fan of the Potential Mastermind Project. So check it out, PotentialMastermind.com. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody really cool. But in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you, go out there and have a great day. And thank you for listening to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I appreciate you.